welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hey, y'all. So I got some feedback from you and I've decided to add this Sunday sermon series and just see how it goes. Just to be clear, Sundays will be for sermons only. And I'm thinking about starting that twice a month. And, you know, we see what feedback I get and how the Lord works in my heart. Maybe something that we do weekly. But to just to be clear, again, Wednesdays still will feature conversations and dialogues that will grow, stretch, encourage, and equip you to be all that God has called you to be. And also, I'm working on a new um, intro that's specific to the Sunday Sermon Series, so you can know for sure what you're about to listen to. So without any more fluff, my wife is going to pray for you, and we will get this sermon started. God, thank you for who you are in our lives and everything that you are doing for us, God. Lord, I thank you for the listeners, God. I just pray over their lives right now, God, that you um, will see them through whatever they may be going through, God. I pray for each and every individual person. You know their names, God. You know their stories, God. You know their prayers, God. And I just pray that they are... um, listening to you as you speak to them, God, that you will be there, God. And we just thank you for it in advance. We pray for this podcast as it goes forth, God, that you will be able to use it in a mighty way. God, I pray that it reaches people all over the country. And we thank you for it. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you so much for that prayer. Man, this podcast is my way of uplifting and inspiring but also it's another avenue of me fulfilling the Great Commission. So this first sermon is going to be all about the gospel. And just to give you a disclaimer before I preach, I get excited when I preach, whether it's one person or 1,000. So here we go. Today's message is very foundational to the Christian faith. It's the cornerstone of the Bible, as well as the cornerstone of the history of Christianity, the gospel. You could say, well, I know this or I heard this and I would humbly say to you, are you living this and are you sharing this? My purpose today is twofold. To any non-Christians out there, I just want to introduce you to Jesus and share with you about his love and invite you into a relationship with him. And to my Christians, I just want to remind you of who Jesus is and all that he has done for you and invite you into an even closer walk with him. So I present to you the timely and timeless message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there's various you know, definitions of what the gospel is. Some are a little more nuanced than others. But the working definition for this sermon is the gospel is the life-changing, eternity-changing good news of Jesus Christ that includes the story of his birth, his life, his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. And our response to the gospel should be that we would turn away from our sin by repenting And then we turn to Christ in faith and obedience. Friends, the gospel is an invitation to follow Jesus Christ. The gospel is an amazing story about an amazing God that has generously given us amazing grace. Hashtag amen. The Bible tells us in Romans 3, 23 to 25, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Jesus Christ whom God put forward as appropriation by his blood to be received by faith. 
And the word appropriation, I'm a pastor and I've been to seminary and I still don't use this word in everyday language. So that just means to appease, to make peace and to satisfy. So what Jesus did for us as a son of God has appeased and has called us to make peace with God, the father. So because of sin, we were all indeed in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the good news that Christ, he was, you know, he was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life, teaching us about the kingdom of God. He ushered in this spiritual awakening and this paradigm shift that shifted the world and the religious world from the do's and don'ts of religion and shifted everybody and shifted the focus to the heart of having a relationship with God. And of course, we know that he performed miracles. He healed the blind. He healed the paralyzed. He delivered those that was possessed by demons, and he even raised the dead. Then he was betrayed and was unjustly captured, arrested, and tormented. Now, friends, if you don't know this, the Romans, they were experts at tormenting people. Their goal was to bring you to maximum pain. Jesus experienced a brutal and embarrassing execution where they beat him. They whooped him severely. They even used something called the cat and nine tails. And that's something, you know, Google so you really know what that means. So basically it brings forth pain when they hit you with it. And then when they release the instrument from your skin, it hurts as well. They spit on him. They mocked him and they placed a crown of thorns on his head. Now, at any point, Christ, while on that cross, he could have said, you know what? I don't have to endure all this pain. But he stayed there on the cross paying for your sin and paying for my sin because he loves us oh so much. He was buried, but rose from the dead to satisfy God's wrathful judgment on the world. Now, because of Jesus' payment in full for our debt, it is now possible for anyone to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. A key element of the gospel message is that of the resurrection. On the third day, he was resurrected. No other event in all of history has impacted humanity as the event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the resurrection was a game changer, a history maker. It literally changed everything. Jesus was and is and forever will be the real MVP. And the same resurrecting power that raised Jesus is the same power available to deliver you from whatever you're going through as we're trying to deal with this pandemic and deal with other issues facing our world and facing our nation, God is able to help you to get through whatever you're going through. This Jesus that we serve is a very present help in the time of need. He cares about what you're going through. And back to the resurrection, it was and is our proof that Jesus defeated death and sin. The Bible tells us in John 1 and 29, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Sin was a debt we can never pay back. But Jesus paid it in full with his very life. We have a new covenant. Or to use a word that we use more now than a covenant, we have a new deal, a better deal because of the resurrection. We don't have to sacrifice lambs over and over for our sins because Jesus died once and for all for our sins. Because, man, if we were still living under the old covenant, I feel like lambs and sheep would be extinct because we're always sinning. All right. But God has provided a way out that we don't have to fall into temptation. And God 
um, provided Jesus that died on the cross once and for all for our sins. There's many layers to the gospel. In other words, the gospel is a message of reconciliation. Our relationship with God has been mended because of what Jesus did. Because we got to remember that our relationship with God was broken back in Genesis because of Adam and Eve and their sin. But because of Jesus, we can be restored and have a right relationship and fellowship with God the Father. Because of our sin, we were once criminals and enemies in the sight of God. But because of what Jesus did, y'all, we are counted as righteousness before God. And that's more than enough reason to give God praise, to express gratitude, and to express worship to God and give him your life for real. And to conclude this segment, 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Friends, I like to say it like this as I'm talking about the gospel, that God created man. He loved man. He used man. And then he became man just to save man. And it's okay wherever you are. You can say amen to that. Now, the gospel means that you, I'm talking to you, the gospel means that you are saved. You're saved from hell. You're saved from sin. You're saved from Satan and you're saved from God's wrath. And so those are some of the things that we're saved from. But I want to encourage you by sharing with you some of the things that you're saved to. You're saved to be a world changer. You are saved to be a history maker. You're saved to serve, obey, love and follow Jesus Christ. You are saved to make an impact, make a difference and make a huge influence on this world for the cause of Christ. Now, the gospel means that we are delivered. We're delivered from the penalty of sin. We call that justification. We have been made right with God just if I've never sinned. Man, what what an awesome thing to have, the gift of justification. The gospel also means that I have been delivered from the power of sin. So although, you know, we may struggle with sin, we don't have we have overcome the power of sin and the, the church word, the biblical word for that is sanctification. And this is a daily walk with the Lord that we got to continually be fighting temptation and surrender our lives to the Lord and walk in holiness. Now, the gospel is also a message of love. And if you grew up in church, you're going to know this next verse. And if you didn't grow up in church, that's OK. I want to introduce you to this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God loved us so much that he didn't just say that he loved us. But love is a action verb and is best demonstrated through action. So not only did God say he loved us, but he proved his love for us by sending his only son to die for us. What a love. The Bible tells us in Romans 5 and 8 that God showed his love for us, that while we was yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I really want to emphasize this point that he that we don't have to. He didn't wait for us to get it together. But while we was in our sin, while we was in our mess, he came to rescue us and he gave his life for us. I remember a lot of times in the past I've invited people to church and they would say, you know, I'm trying to get myself together. And I just want to say that, man, you, you can't get yourself together away from God. I give you an example. Let's say my tooth hurt. 
And I mean, it's been hurting for weeks and weeks and weeks. And somebody invited me to to go to the dentist and they said they was going to pay for it. But I tell that person, you know what? I'm not going to go to the dentist until my tooth feels better. That doesn't make sense when we try to get ourselves together while being away from God. But what a love. And you think about it this way. Jesus is the one that knows the worst about you, but he still loves you the best. So not only is the gospel a message of reconciliation and a message of love, but it's also a message of both grace and mercy. And grace just means we get something that we don't deserve. So we get salvation. We get fellowship with God. We don't deserve it, but we get it. And then mercy is not getting something that we do deserve. And because of our sin, we deserve punishment. And we deserve God's wrath, but we don't have to get there because of the mercy of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 has this to say. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And hear this. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no man may boast. For by grace, you have been saved. This is a key truth to the gospel message. You cannot be good enough to earn your way to heaven. You are saved not by anything that you have done or ever will do. You're only saved because of what Christ Jesus has already done for us on the cross over 2,020 years ago. And to be honest, the gospel in its most simply terms is this. And I borrowed this phrase from my old supervisor in ministry, Corey Olivier. He said that the gospel is this, Jesus doing for you what you could not do for yourself. Let that sink in. The gospel in its most simplest terms is this. Jesus is doing for you what you could not do for yourself. Jesus is the reason for the good news of the gospel. There would be no good news or gospel if it wasn't for Jesus. He was willing and obedient. He wrapped himself up in flesh to become a son of man so we can become sons and daughters of God. Jesus Christ is our mediator. He represents man to God, but he turns right back around and represents God to man. First Timothy 2, 5 through 6 says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is a testimony given at the proper time. And I'll admit, I saw this phrase on the Internet, and it says this, that Jesus' death certificate became our birth certificate. In other words, he gave his life to save ours. And I personally like to say it like this, that Jesus became what his father hated. And we call that sin so that you can become what his father loved. And that is righteousness. Jesus counted you worthy enough to die for. Now, you should count him worthy enough to live for. Obviously, you can't see me, but I heard it said like this. If somebody wants to ask Jesus, how much do you really love him? And Jesus stretched out his arms as wide as he could on the cross and said this much. Then he literally died demonstrating his love for you. You, have, you may have heard the phrase to die for, but let me make it more personal. You are. And you may be saying me like I got some problems. I got some issues. I'm not where I want to be in life. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are to die for. Jesus died for you. All right. And so this Jesus is so good that he he took your failures and has given you forgiveness. Jesus would take your guilt and he would give you grace. He'll take your sin 
and give you salvation. He'll take your junk and give you unspeakable joy. This Jesus is so good. Jesus took your punishment and gave you and will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. This Jesus that I serve and that you can serve too provides comfort in chaos and hope in hardship. Because of Jesus, we as imperfect humans can have fellowship and a relationship with God the Father. I ran across this quote years ago, and I wish I knew the source, but it said it like this, talking about Jesus. This Jesus had no degree, but they called him teacher. He had no medicine, but they called him healer. He had no army, but kings still feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in in the tomb, yet he lives today. What an awesome Jesus that we have the privilege to serve. He is worth saying yes to. This Jesus is the one that cures all that ail you and the solution to all of life's problems. And I just want to let you know that only Jesus satisfies Maybe you've been, you know, going on for your entire life and just trying to fill up, you know, this God-shaped hole on the inside of you, fill up this void with relationships or with sex or with money or with achievements or with follows or with views. And you've been trying to just fill up this void. And I'm here to tell you today that only Jesus Christ fills and fulfills. So this was my way of sharing the good news with you, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to know it to live it, to share it, because it's too good, too powerful, too transformational not to share it with others. If Jesus can defeat death, he can defeat your problems. I want to encourage you to place your faith, your trust, and your confidence in him. Research shows that we make about 35,000 choices each day. What are we going to eat? What are we going to text? How long are we going to be on Facebook? About 35 choices, 35,000 choices each day. And let's say you live to be about 75 years old. And that approximately comes out to a billion choices that you will make throughout your lifetime. Choices like where to go to college, what to major in, who to marry, where to live. And all those are important choices. But the most important choice in all of history and all of eternity within those one billion choices is that making the choice to follow Jesus Christ and saying yes to the gospel. Choosing Jesus is the best choice that you can ever make because it impacts both now and later, and later lasts a lot longer. So I want to encourage you to make the choice to follow Jesus, to obey him, to love him, to serve him, and say yes to him. And I'll leave you with this quote as I conclude this sermon that I got from sitting in Dr. Van Horn's class at Mississippi College. He said this, and it's something you're going to hear me um, say every now and then because it's just so true. If you have everything but Jesus, you still have nothing. But if you have nothing but Jesus, you have everything. Amen? Amen. So thank you so much for listening today. And I hope this blesses you. Uh, This was the gospel. And I 
boldly ask that you share this episode with everyone that you know, not to promote Paul, but to promote Christ and to promote the kingdom and share the good news with others so they can know the love, joy, and peace is found only in Jesus Christ. And in this digital age, if you are looking for a church to connect with online, I want you to look in the show notes. I want to leave the link to the church that I work for and we're having online services and we would love to do ministry uh, with you and for you and to you. And I also left my Instagram only because if you'd like to make that decision to follow Jesus and you don't know who to reach out to and what their next steps look like, I want to be available to you to help you, you know, make that choice and let you know what that look like. And then from there, hopefully we'll get you in the church. So happy Sunday. And I hope you have a blessed day and we will see you Wednesday.